Peace, this is your host Krill of Out The Box. The following interview is part of our throwback series of Out The Box Talks. These are interviews that were done prior to the official season one and two of Out The Box Talks. Enjoy. Welcome to another edition of Out The Box Radio. I'm your host Krill. Today we have a really dope interview lined up for y'all, featuring two veteran artists whose roots range back to the golden era of New York hip-hop. One, a Bronx-born producer who's been involved in hip-hop since the late 80s, manipulating sounds with the SP-12 and MPC beat machine. The other, an accomplished Brooklyn MC who's been building lyrical credibility since the early 90s with the release of his classic debut entitled Word Life. He would also become a member of the legendary New York-based hip-hop collective, better known as the Digging in the Crates crew. These two artists have come together to collaborate on a brand new conceptual EP entitled Ray's Cafe, released just a month ago in January. So without further ado, my peoples out there in out-the-box listener land, it is my pleasure to bring to you, representing the great city of New York, producer Ray West, and the DITC lyricist himself, better known by the name O.C., Welcome to Out the Box, y'all. Thank y'all for being here. Peace, peace. That's what's it's up. Good. I got my, my brother Ray West and OC on the line. As I said earlier, the the Ray's Cafe project is out now. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm calling it an EP because that's how I see the, the, the vinyl being titled. Is it an EP or is it a full length? Uh, I think they call it an EP because it's less than 10 songs, but to, I think not to speak for all, but for us, it's just Ray's Cafe, you know, like it's it's a project, you know? Okay. It, indeed. Okay, we're going to take it as that. It's a project. Now, obviously, um, we got a lot to talk to, to talk about today. So basically, um, before we jump off into the interview, just give the people out there a briefing on how each of you guys got started in music and further tell us um, how you guys came together. How'd y'all meet? Um, you want to go first? Oh, or you want me to go? Mm-hmm. My, my, my quick bio is basically, uh, this, I started out professionally on record in 91 mm-hmm. with a group known as um, Organized Confusion, Foul March, Prince Paul. You know what I'm saying? I did a joint with them called Fudge Pudge on a debut album. And that was basically my introduction to, to hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? True indeed. Making music. And um, fast forward to that, you know, we did a, uh, the first source tour with the Organized. Met a dude named MC Search part of a group right. called Third Beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord Finesse was on the tour. Buck Wild was on the tour with, with Lord Finesse. Buck wasn't really established yet, but, um, you know, we became friends. Yada, yada, you know what I mean? Came off the tour. Search figured out, you know, I wasn't signing anybody. Signed a production deal with him. I signed mm-hmm. his production company, Searchlight Music, which was better known for for uh, me and Nas. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, later on, Nonfiction, which is Ill Bill. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's spot. Um, 
man, you have it, man. I, I, I got on probably after Nas got signed. I, I, I did my deal. Well, Search did a deal for me probably a year too late after that. And the rest is history. Definitely. And Ray, talk to us about your history in, in music. I mean, I, I came from just working in the basement for years till I till I linked with AG in uh, maybe around 2006, 2007, and um, started just uh, working with A on the Humble, and um, he's the one that like um, brought me into into getting some published work in 2010 when we put out AG's album Everything's Buried and I did the whole record. Right. Then that that was the inception of um me and A putting our putting our heads together and making a little company called Red Apples forty five. Right. Where we wanted to put out vinyls of like, you know, stuff we wanted to do, you know? Party arty music and, and Bronx music and stuff that we felt, you know? Definitely, definitely. So um Tell us exactly how um, both of y'all came together. How'd y'all meet? AG. He's the one that, that put us together, you know? Mm-hmm. Strictly he, through... He always... Go ahead. No, I said strictly through AG. Obviously, him being a member of the DITC crew. So, it, w- it was kind of the, the, the vibe that uh, AG had with you. Yeah, I mean, A always was like, yo, I think O would be... We gotta, you know, I would love you guys to meet. I think y'all will get along, and and that's really what what happened. You know, we just we all hung out, and then we just started. It just was clicking, you know. Right, right. So it's that's why A is like executive producer on the record because mm-hmm. he he made it happen. You know. Definitely, definitely. Now, this record, I got to say, is when I'm, I've been listening to it, you know, since so about a, like since a month ago, since it released. Um, and I got to say, it's a very chilled, vibratory, organic hip hop project. Of course, OC, your raps have always kind of excelled in that lane. But Ray, what was the specific production approach you took? to create that sound, that chilled out sound, you know, all the equipment, the studio atmosphere and, and whatnot that helped create that. I mean, um, when, when the first song me and O did was the title track, Ray's Cafe, mm-hmm. and we didn't plan on doing a whole project at that point. That was just O's like idea, Ray's Cafe for the song. And that just made me think, man, it sounds like we could make a project in like right. a, in like a jazz cafe setting, you know? So a lot of the beats, I started thinking from that point, like how I could do things to accompany what I already did. And then, you know, sometimes I would just get, you know, get ideas of beats that I've had already worked on and, and mm-hmm. bring them to the table. But ultimately, whatever old like is what he rhymed to. And I just, you know, glued them all together later on, you know? Mm-hmm. And everything was created in the studio, right? It wasn't no track sent from one area to the next. Was everything in nah. that Red Apples 45 spot? Everything was done uh, together 
I'm saying? We both in New York, so, mm-hmm. you know, we did it. You know, we did it in, in each other's presence, you know what I'm saying? Everything was done. Each song basically was done over conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, we always yep. had conversation about, like, just everyday life stuff. And that's basically how we we, we formulated music. You know, we always approached we broke the ice basically with each other just talking about life stuff, you know, and right. every time we recorded, we would record you know, every time we talked we would record a record. Mm. That's basically how we took the, you know, mm-hmm. making this project. Right. And and on on that topic too, like, um, I noticed that there are some tracks that came out as like bonus cuts that seemed like they were recorded from the, those sessions but didn't make the EP. So I'm guessing that you guys have a lot of other songs that y'all did together during that time that didn't make the, um, the actu- actually the full length, rather. Yeah, I still, I still got a couple. I got a couple still. <laughs> so we might see I a, a, I mean, it's early, but we might possibly see a part two to the Ray's Cafe. I mean, I don't know. That would be dope. I want to yeah, jump the gun. I mean, it, it, it was just, Ray, I, I just let Ray do, basically, I, I took the, the 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 high road and just let a producer produce. That's mm. it, man. That's what producers are supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely. You know, it's 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 just like the MC DJ thing, man. Like at the end of the day, without the DJ, there was no MC. Right. So I just took the same approach as as to somebody, you know, creating an album. You know what I mean? Let them create. You know what I'm saying? And I I follow his lead. That's how dope albums come together. He let the producer do what he's doing. He just take his lead. I love it, man. True indeed. Now, the cover art of the album states, dedicated to the preservation of jazz, soul, and blues. And I really thought that that title stood out to me. So what I want to know is, for young people today, I feel like many of them are unaware of the importance of jazz and blues music, let alone its influence and relationship to hip-hop. So my question is, why is jazz and blues so important to be preserved, particularly for the benefit of today's younger generation and future ones to come? Hmm. I mean, for me, real quick, it's, it's, it's jazz and blues express emotions. It's, it's part of a. It's part of our history. It's part of just just you know, being the soul, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and I think, you know, as people, I, I kind of get, we kind of get this question a lot, at least mm-hmm. I do, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and people always say that the, the youngins nowadays really not in tune. If they're not in tune, it's because partly it's our fault, because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we're supposed to lead them on that path to know what was in the past to know your future. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if they ain't know what's going on in the past, how are they going to know how to direct themselves or, or even take a, a road in the future? You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, you, you got to know 
everybody got to know your history. You know right. what I'm saying? And, and without jazz, without blues, without rhythm and blues, you know what I'm saying? It'd be no hip hop. Period. Right. Right. That's the bottom line. Definitely. So um, I feel the same way. You you got you got something to chime in on, right? I mean, what what else can I say? You know, it's it's, it's about preserving. You know, mm-hmm. and um, we don't want same thing that happened to some of those genres to happen to to our culture. You know, and cats like O is they're the blue note artists of hip hop. You know, mm. so that's how I feel. Like even you know when you got those records like Word Life or Old Finesse Records, those are like Blue Note records of hip-hop in 50 years, you know? So I just feel like with, we save the culture without preaching about saving it, just by being able to hear brothers like, oh, do they think is prolonging, you know, the catalog of, of the blueprint of this music, you know? Right, right. And, and just to add on a little more to it, you know, another problem is people feel like what what Ray just said about 50, 50 years, 100 years from now, people think, like, the youngest think that's a bad thing. You know mm. what I'm saying? You know, they, they hear the word old school, they hear older artists, or, you know, and they don't realize, like, if, if, if hip hop you're disposable if you might have one album maybe two and for, before the you know before the people give you a chance all the, all the music business and if you mm-hmm. don't uh, get your point across on that first album you basically out of here right 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 you know what I'm saying so at the end of the day like Ray said I'd rather somebody discover me 50 to 100 years from now than not discover me at all. Mm. Now, do do y'all feel like um, artists that came up in the time that you came up in, OC, that golden era time frame, do you feel like artists mm. from that time have a greater ability to experience longevity in music than artists that are coming up nowadays? Of course. But... The key is you have to stay within your zone, like, and I'm not talking about trying to make music from the 90s, but, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, we're not, we're not in our 20s anymore. Exactly. Well, for that, for that, for that uh, point in our 30s, you know what I'm saying? You got to make grown man music. You got to make music according to, to your, your age, in a sense. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you can't make... I can't make music talking about rims and shit like that. Like, that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Right. That was... You know, that was... I, that's something I, I, I captured in my 20s. That's if I was talking all that shit. Right. But picture me doing that now, 40, 42 years old. Right. So for me Would to be, be talking look. about rims and hoes and shows and... Losing people look at me crazy. Right, right. <laughs> I you hear know you. what I'm saying? So, and I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of my age. I'm still a young dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm an elder uh-huh. in the game, but I'm not, you know, old is when you, when you 
be crapping and can't walk. You know right, what I'm right, right, right. That ain't the case here. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. Alzheimer's and all that. You know what I mean? But right, right. at the end of the day, man, like, you know, I make music according to my, my, my age, man. And that's that. Mm. Well said. Now, oh, you recently put out a successful collabo album with our Michigan producer, Apollo Brown. And here you have this new project with Ray West, produced in somewhat of a similar soulful sample-based format. Um, now, outside of the music that these producers obviously bring to the table, um, what would you say makes a producer collabo work for you? What makes the chemistry successful for you outside of the music that they bring to the table? I mean, just having their own, just just doing what they do. Like, for me, you know, the only thing that Ray and Apollo have in common is sampling. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, it's two different records, two different interpretations of of, of albums, EP, LP, whatever you want to call them, you know, two different perspectives. One is night and one is day, you mm. know what I'm saying? And, and, I mean, if you listen to both records, total difference, you know what I'm saying? Total different, total different vibe, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think Trophies was more of a soulful vibe, whereas... You know, Ray gave you exactly what he gave you. Ray's Cafe, mm-hmm. you know, the jazz. He, everything everything he put with, within that title on the, on the cover of the EP explained, it's self-explanatory. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and, I mean, you know, we can do whatever you want us to We can do basically whatever people want to be done. Soulful, rock. RD, right. whatever. Right. But, you know, we just we just chose that thing because we sitting down knocking heads, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it worked. It it was just something organic that worked, but you know, they they both have different approaches to making music, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like I said, the only similarities is they both use you know, they sample. Mm-hmm. But it's two different uh producer artists, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. But in terms of uh, the actual vibe, I guess what I was going for is more so like the vibe of the producers. Like, I mean, one would say, you know, most most, most artists say, you know, I got to really be feeling the vibe of the person to be working with them. Like, what's, what's, what's that vibe like? Because there's a ton of producers out there that I'm sure have tried to work with you in the past. But like, in terms of that chemistry beyond just what they bring to the table as beat makers. Is there a certain vibe that you that has to be right with the producer? I mean, we have to click mm-hmm. personally, number one. Number right. two, um, I haven't worked with a lot of producers over, you know, over time in my career. Okay. But, uh, you know, you know, you got, some dudes that say they'll do a better job than Ray, they'll, they'll do a better job than Diggin, they'll do a better job than Apollo. But it's like, yo, you can give me hits all day in your mind, but if we're not vibing on the on a personal level, mm-hmm. it's not gonna work. Definitely. Period. It has to be a a, a vibe before we we even create. 
you know, for the creating part, it's easy. You know what I'm saying? The the hard part would be clicking personally mm-hmm. on the on the on the personal level and you know, Ray's an easy going dude and, and it's energy, man. Everything is up to energy. If your energy ain't right, I'm sure he wouldn't have did the record with me if he didn't feel that type of energy. You know, and I, I can't speak for him, I'm just assuming just by, you know, being around him, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's an energy, it's a vibe, man. If we don't have a vibe, it's not going to work. I don't care what you give me. Right. I hear that, man. I hear that. So here's what, brothers. Um, what I want to do um, is actually take a music break and go into um, a track off the of the new project, Ray's, Ray's Cafe. We're going to actually go into the self-titled track, um, Ray's Cafe, of course. So let's go into that and um, let the people get a feel for what's on the album, and we'll come right back and talk some more. So uh, check it out, y'all. You in tune to Out the Box Radio. I'm your host, Krill. Got the homie OC and, of course, producer Ray West on the line with us today, chopping it up, having a great convo. Let's go into the first track of the night. It's called Ray's Cafe, uh, off the album entitled Ray's Cafe. Check it out. Track two. We gonna take it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray's Cafe. Got the little nice tables outside. Or what I call boogaloo and barbecue. The coolers and all that with the beers in it, yo. I'm about to take you in a zone in a sense of boogaloos and barbecues with my man Ray on the grill. Miller time, chill out, hot times, fly dimes, nothing hard on the eyes, the view is like next to Moses, my staff is on relax mode, next to swimming, oh freak the backstroke, eight burn vanilla, bust down the Dutch in the center, aromas in the air like dinner, fun time, won't allow disturbance by one time, cause everybody know things cracking the sundown, follow me now, Twitter, y'all lights are lit up, calls are on ice, don't shake them or they fizz up on some old classic, ex-con fashion, rebox with Dickie Shorts on flashy bastard. Damn, she nasty, but that's a whole no old elaborate. Entertaining the folks, I mastered. None fuck the fun up. Steaks and dogs done up. Backyard smoke solidifies the summer. Welcome to Ray's Cafe. Outdoors, the outpours to y'all is Grandma, yeah. Welcome, none selfish. Shots at the gate, great goose and welches. Good sins allowed, bosoms flourish, bones get buried in the dirt. Everyone's acknowledged. Vanilla sky showing no signs of downpour. Out of state fam is why they came to town for. The way things poppin', you would think it's July 4. Each day's a holiday, we keeping the vibe going. No time for drama. This ain't the place to set it off. Dice, get the guns letting off. Grown folk, relax like adults supposed to. You add up, then listen to the sound of my Vocals, oh scissors, spit it to my soul on critical Till I'm in hospice, till then, watch this Bacardi, Coco, Sambuca, no joke 99 bananas type liquor and snow cone Welcome to Ray's Cafe <laughs>
Yep, yep, yep. Welcome back to Out the Box Radio. I'm your host, Krell. Got the homies OC and producer Ray West on the line. The track that you just heard was Ray Cafe off the self-titled album, Ray's Cafe. We are in here with these brothers chopping it up. Um, so my next question actually is either is for either of y'all. Um, and it's in reference to what you actually just spoke about, uh, OC. Um, obviously, both of y'all come from the golden era of New York hip-hop. So y'all are familiar with the raw, authentic New York hip-hop sound. But if you had to consider New York hip-hop in its naturally evolving state, from then till now, just growing naturally, what would that sound sound like today? And are there any new artists that exemplify what appropriate New York hip hop should sound like today? Ka, guy, ready to take that one. You know Ka Brownsville Ka. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know him. Absolutely. Yeah, to me, that's some real New York hip hop. You know, um, Rock Moss. Rock Moss. You know, that's mm-hmm. the home team. You know. And that to me, you know, that's that's who I came in this with also, you know, like I recorded Mossberg with Rock Moss, you know, and, um, you know, when we came out with Everything's Very was right after Rock Moss. Mm. So I felt like we, we, you know, those are two records I was working on simultaneously, you know, even though Rock produced Mossberg, but I was... You know, I was there every step of the way, and I felt like we came with some new New York vibe, you know, Definitely. at that time. Definitely. You know? And then Kai came shortly right after that, you know? Mm. So I felt like it stripped down and raw, and I, I think New York is always raw, you know? We can make dance tracks, but traditionally our heroes didn't make no dance music, you know? the K L S ones and the digging and you know what I'm saying? Big mm-hmm. L and Pun. Mm-hmm. You know, we we always represented hip hop on the highest level, you know. Mm. Tell me so a little bit still, Go ahead, I'm sorry. I still feel like we doing that, you know? Right. Right. I, w- I was gonna say, tell me a little bit about your involvement with Mossberg because I'm not really sure I know too much what your involvement was in Mossberg. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I recorded and mixed Mossberg, you know? Okay. So, yeah, I was, you know, we recorded for like a year and a half, me and Rock, you know? Mm. And, yeah, so, you know, I was there for a lot of his writing, a lot of his, ultimately, he made all the decisions, and I learned a lot from him. But it was interesting to be on the inside of that and then see what happened after, you know what I'm saying? And how people were were, were trying to get at him, you know? Mm. And me and A, we, we were working with Rock before, you know, way before all that hysteria, you know? Right. Well, Ray, what I would say is this. If there was a Grammy Award for authentic oh. hip-hop, you would have a Grammy under your belt for Mossberg. <laughs> for authentic hip-hop. Because that's one of the best hip-hop records to 
be released Ever. in recent years, man. Yeah, I, I know. You I love that, that I was... Ever, right? <laughs> I, I agree with that. That's, yo, one thing, let me just chime in real quick. Hip-hop, let me tell you about hip-hop in that sense, man. Like, you always... One thing about New York hip-hop in general, you always have one of those albums that just you know, came out and they stood the test of time and Rock Moss is going to be one of them albums like Ray said before in years to come and people going to go back. So he, he he already made the cut with that album even though he been putting out a lot of work, you know, right. and lately, you know what I'm saying? But Mossberg just solidified his spot in, in, the, in the game, in history. Of course. Yeah, he was... He was so so calculated with that record too like there's great songs we recorded that he didn't put down wow like he was he really um really was detailed and he taught me that like i could say the process of mossberg taught me not to stress mm. because he just don't stress and he was really like he knew what he was doing Right. And I, that taught me that taught me a lot. Like I marinate on my projects after that, you know. I learned that from him. Mm. And I mean, and I want on top of that, I'm a fan of this shit, man. So mm -hmm. you know, I, I look forward to records like that. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it keeps me on my toes. Right. Right. That's great, you know, when somebody like Rock, who obviously has been doing this thing for a long time, so he's not really mm -hmm. new. He's in no way new, but it's it's ill when somebody like Rock could come out with an album like Mossberg. It came out in 2010, right? It could come out mm -hmm. with, with Mossberg and somebody like OC, who's clearly been in the game a lot longer, is inspired by that. That's dope. Of course. You know, he, he just sounds so great, too, like Rock. Like, and I think he got that, like, same thing I admire in O and in A. Like, some cats was born to rhyme. There's a lot of cats that don't sound like they should be rhyming, but they could write good rhymes. Mm -hmm. These brothers got a certain voice and a way. It's a distinct talent that not everybody has, you know? And... I, I love that about real MCs, you know, like they born to do this. It's not nothing forced, you know, he yeah. has that natural gift, like, like that you could just feel, you know, definitely. I mean, we could talk for hours about rock and of course the homie Kai, who I think is just mm -hmm. out of this world in terms of his, his output with his last two albums, man. Like, this guy is killing so quality. it. Definitely quality. But, um, Ray, I want to also talk a little bit more about your production approach. Um, you choose more of an analog approach with your production by working primarily with the MPC and the SP1200 series. How do you feel about producers who choose to make their beats Using like using software like Fruity Loops or Reason or anything outside of a beat machine. I think as long as I like it, I don't care what you use. 
you know, because mm-hmm. I love music. So you could bang on some pots and pans, and if that's dope and it makes me feel good, I love it, you know? But for me personally, I can't work with the computer like that. Like, mm-hmm. even when the computer's on in the room, it makes me feel different, you know? Right. Like, I only, I, I, the computer's on if we got to record some vocals or mix something down. But I try not to hate on anybody's process as long as they're creating music that they feel good about and they can make it sound dope, then I'm 100% with it because it's more about the human being than the equipment, you know? Right. It's just sort of how I feel comfortable is, I guess the way I've been doing it for 20 years is through records and, and drum machines and, you know, that's, that's how, that's my comfort zone, you know? Mm-hmm. With 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 technology, you know, improving and 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 growing stronger, do you feel it's at all possible for a producer to in, to achieve that warm analog song by using software, or just similar to what the SP created? Is that at all possible? No, I think yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying not to be like negative about it, but I nah, think that the they have too much capability. There's no limitations. And that causes people to either overproduce or be less innovative. If you have all, like, if I'm using the SP and I only have five seconds worth of sampling time, I got to figure out how to make this rock. Mm-hmm. But if you have, like, unlimited time and unlimited sounds and limited capability, that's that's great because technology is great, but it doesn't let your brain work hard enough because it's all right there. You could just click buttons. You could just, so to me, that, that's what I think the, the oversaturation of technology makes people less, less focused. You know, it's like, you don't have to grind so hard. It's all right here for you. And I think the sampler, samplers and machines that have restrictions, restrictions make you funky and they mm. make you, it's a challenge and it's, you know, you, you tend to just, you make something that you wouldn't make because mm. you have this limitation. And I test myself all the time by, I have a lot of different samplers throughout these years. So whenever I get bored, I switch up. Mm. I'll throw the MP60 in the mix or, you know, I change my parameters right. and it causes me to make something different. I'm not using the same thing all the time, you know? So, mm. I mean... So the beauty is output, in the challenge. The beauty for me is in the challenge mm-hmm. and it doesn't hinder my output. Like, I'm steady, constantly making stuff that I enjoy and, like, it doesn't, you know, it's not like I feel like if I was in a race, I wouldn't be lagging because of my equipment. And and some OG in this game told me, you don't tell Bob Dylan his guitar is old. You just let him <laughs> rock. Right. So, I'm, you know, I'm just going to keep, we're not going to tell O to stop using his favorite pen, you know, because they could type in the phone now. You know, it's not I working, it. you know. I love it, man. Yo, at the end of the day, man, the best records to this day are analog records. I mean, even um, 
a perfect example is guys probably Dre and 50. Get rich or die trying. Dre is an analog dude. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he manipulated that record on some analog shit. And, and if you listen to the, uh, the sampling on that album, the, 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 you know, he, he, we all know he brings in the actual musicians sometimes of the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. right, right, right to to play that actual uh, instrument over like he captures analog sound and it, it, I think after that record and made, you know stop me if I'm wrong that was probably the most that was probably the last record commercially. That had that analog feel to it, and mm. it was successful. And if you can name something else, then you know, then I'm definitely wrong about it. But I don't think I'm wrong. That was probably the last record analog-wise that sold 10 million records. Right. That's crazy. Or some some formula that that 90s ever late 80s used. You know what I'm saying? And created. You know what I'm saying? Because um. You can tell the difference. Everything is real clean now, as opposed to, you know, that snap, crackling, pop sound. Exactly. You know, um, I wasn't there when 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 Ray uh, EQ'd my vocals, but he knew more or less how to. I, I'm funny about that shit, mm. but he knew what I. He knew how to EQ my vocals without me being there, and that's that's just something you. Not a lot of producers can do shit like that in this day right. and time. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I wasn't even mad at that shit. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to credit my man, too, Dave Daw, who always helps me mix, you know? Okay. And, um, yeah, he just, he. I'm there, but and I know what it needs to sound like, but he's got that tech, you mm. know? Yeah. Wonderful, man. Wonderful. You know, it, it, we talk so much about producers, but we don't typically um, seem to speak about the mixers and the involvement that they have in, in the greatness of records. So that's dope that you, you mentioned, Dave Dar. Yo, because it's such an important thing. You mm -hmm. know, I sound shape and I know what it's supposed to sound like, but ultimately a little push and a little help from someone who's a professional like that will take it to another level. My right. pet peeve is being present, though, I because I don't want it to get too far away from what we created already. Mm -hmm. And if you leave your music for someone to mix and master, they might change it a bit too much, you know? So I just like to be there. And just Dave is home team anyway, you know? Right. So that's just how we work, you know? Definitely. Yo, real quick, man. Go People ahead. don't understand, man, like, without the, the the engineer, that's why I said earlier, man, people don't give the DJ enough credit, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. the MC was secondary. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? MCs ain't, ain't, ain't actually, are not supposed to be in the forefront. That's a music business thing. You know, it was Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. It wasn't right. Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everything and, and Rakim. 
it was Eric B. and Rakim. It was, you know, like some maybe some names just sound right in certain spots, but who's you rapping? Polo, Polo found G rap. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every mm-hmm. beat sounds G rap. Like people right. don't really, you know what I'm saying? Give the DJ and the engineers credit without credit, them. Yeah. You know they they're the backdrops to a lot of these 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 classic records. I'm so glad you mentioned that because um that's something that my um my media partner A Level usually says to me. Um, he's a little older than me. He's been listening to hip hop a lot longer. And it's so funny. It's like you're taking me back to a conversation I had with him uh, not too long ago. So that's great because my next question is a question that he had actually for you. Oh, he couldn't be here today, but he wanted to ask you a question. Oh, his name is A-Level, my out-the-box media partner. Um, He wanted to know um, when you were recording Time's Up from obviously the hip-hop classic Word Life, did you have any idea that the song would go on to have a timeless impact as it still does today? He says the song spoke about phony rappers back then. Do you believe that things are still the same in 2014? Oh, first of all, Time's Up was Farrell's record. It was a record Farrell had before me, and um, I didn't have a deal yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Search was still trying to, uh, before Search solidified the spot up at Wild Pitch, <clears throat> this kid named Prestige, who did uh, Point of Views on, on the World Life album later on, and, and he went on to become one of the hitmen for Puff. Mm-hmm. He uh, he played the joint for Mars. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I heard the record, I was there when he played it for him. When he played it for him, I was like, oh, shit, the sample was crazy. Right. It wasn't hooked up like that, but the samples is crazy. So what I did was I stole the tape for March. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just to listen to the beat. Right. You know, I had to tell him I had to shit eventually, but you know what I'm saying? A year later, the deal came through. That was one of the records. I had to go to March and be like, yo, man, I need this record because he's so complacent with beats, man. Like, you know, he people were saying him with Kazillion beats. He was just like, whatever, man. And Wow. Great story. Did it. Yeah, we, I went in and did the record. I, I, it, it actually took me a year to write to that shit. Wow. Before Buck found the sample and, and actually hooked it up. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, um, cause he heard this sample too, you know, but by that time we was, we was all dealing with each other, you know what I'm saying? And Buck was like, yo, when I find that shit, I'm going to lace that shit. Right. And Buck hooked it up. You know, by that time we already got the okay. Mm-hmm. And the deal came through. That was one of the first records I recorded. I didn't like the record. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I sold two verses. But, wow. You know, Shout out to my man Search, man. If it wasn't for Search, people wouldn't know who I am. People wouldn't know who Nas was. You right. know what I'm saying? Like Search played a big part in that record. Search told me to leave it. You know, I was like missing the third verse. Search was like, "You bugging? Leave that shit alone." Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, the chorus. You know, he like, yo, it's perfect. 
you know, that was just ideally on, you know, as far as the video and all of that. And, and you know, he had a lot to do with World Life, man. We right. record that album, you know. A lot of that shit was demo songs that Search paid for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that you know, I, I turned into a um, different different production, but it was the same rhymes on demos. You know what mm. I'm saying? That Search paid for. Mm. So, uh, Time's Up was just one of the records, man, that, that stuck out. That was actually Monster's record. Right, right, right. I did read that. Um, didn't didn't know the full story though. So thanks for enlightening us with that. Now he he, he wanted to know. Um, in reference to the phony rappers that you spoke about on the song, did you believe? Um, do you believe that things are still the same in 2014? Of course. I mean, mm -hmm. yo, the, I mean the whole thing about hip hop. It's competitiveness and, you know, who can basically talk the biggest shit as far as what they have and, you know, I mean, it didn't start with us. It started with Melly Mel and all, you know, everybody's talking champagne thoughts and stuff like that. Cars mm -hmm. uh, and stuff like that. But, um, I, people are afraid to be themselves in any type of entertainment. You know, you know this you know, Floyd Mayweather in boxing, you know what I'm saying? Like, this dude is a human being, but people forget that he's an entertainer. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he lets you know sometimes, sometimes he jumps out of character and he's actually Floyd Mayweather, not Money Mayweather, not, <laughs> not Pretty Boy. You know, he lets you know, like, this is a character. Right. This is me. But me... The, the real me is the one that's kicking people's ass. <laughs> <laughs> not Pretty Boy Floyd, not Money Mayweather. Those are just monkeys of my character. Right. You mm. know what I'm saying? And, and I think people get lost in, in the source. Like, I, you know, not to even stay on this, this subject too long, but right. one of my peers was on the train maybe a while ago, and... You know, wifey told me her people said they seen one of my peers on the train. Okay. And that appeared to them as he was broke. Because mm. he was seen on the train. And it's like, damn, man, like, our people are fucked up, man. Like, right. To think that just because a person is riding the train and he's broke or, you know, he's a hazard yeah. or he's washed up. And it's just uh -huh. like, you know, that's that's the music business, though. You know, oh, what what really bugs me out is um, I ha I've had these conversations before in the past with people, friends and family members that have come up in the in the golden era in the nineties. They were fans of of your music, of DITC, of anything that was really popping in hip hop at that time. And I would tell them today, these artists are actually still, uh. You know, they'll be like, I'll be like, yo, you know, you heard a, um, you know, I'll be like, yo, this, this artist right now is actually still making a name for himself. You know, he's touring overseas and they'll be like, yo, what happened to him? What's good? I'll be, and then I would be like, yo, this cat is making moves. He just released the album. And it, <laughs> it, it always throws me off because I'm like, yo, they, it's like, I don't know if to say it's worthy to blame them, but 
It's like they stuck in that mindset that what happened in the 90s is no longer happening and that that time is just that. And if you don't hear the artists on the radio anymore, that, like you said, they, they, they washed up. They not doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? So that, right. that always, that always kind of throws me off. But maybe it's because I'm so in tune to, to what's mm -hmm. going on beyond just what's coming out of the mainstream media. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. maybe it's because I'm in tune, but it always it always throws me off because I feel, in a way, I feel like they missing out. You know what I'm saying? Because if you was a fan they of... Are, yeah. If you was a fan of Boot Camp Click in the 90s, you probably still would be a fan of Boot Camp Click in the 2000s. But you just don't yeah, you know. you need to get Sean Price's album. Right, <laughs> right, right. And in many ways, yeah, Sean Price... Yeah, he's just a brand new dude. Like, it's like, yo, if y'all did your history on him, you know what I'm saying? This is rough. From yep. hell Skelter, they're like, right. It's like, yo, this is not even long ago, man. Like, y'all serious? Right. Like, yo, Eminem just did over, I got you open, like... Right. That was dope, yeah. Buck murdered the original, but then paid homage. It wasn't a, you know, it's it's like an RB artist doing a, it's it's like Whitney Houston doing uh, Dolly Parton's record over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll always love you, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, he's white, whatever. But dude is a hip-hop enthusiast, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. He just happens to be white. But how many dudes do people's records over? I mean, Mars did it. You know what I'm saying? He did the P.E. record over mm -hmm. a few years back. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, damn, man. Like, Eminem didn't create that record. He did a remake of Black Moon. You know what I'm saying? Like, and people don't pay attention, man. But, like I said earlier, you know, you can't fault the people for something that we're not staying on their ass for. Right, right. You got to stay on the youngest asses about what's going on. And if they don't know, it's our fault. True indeed. Now, oh, the next question um, is in regards to the legendary DITC crew, um, known as Digging in the Crates, of course. What would you say naturally brought the whole Digging in the Crates movement together and what about y'all chemistry made that crew successful at that time? Um, it was too long of a story to tell you, but... Give me the brief end, as much as you could brief it. Like I said, I met Finesse on the first Source tour, being on tour with Pharaoh and Prince. Finesse... In turn, have Buck on that tour. That's how me, me and Buck are probably the last two mm -hmm. members mm. that came into the digging. Fast forward, you know what I'm saying? Um, when we did music, there wasn't no set formula. You know what I'm saying? Like, we went in the studio. We was younger then, too, so we was hanging out. We was partying. To be honest, man, a lot of that shit was done because we would go... You know, the studios is in that. We would mm -hmm. go to a club, get twisted, you know what I'm saying? Bring bras back to the, uh, <laughs> to the 
studio, you know, have a party in the studio, have liquor, weed, whatever. And just have a good time. And, and next thing you know, you know, maybe A's doing a song. For some reason, party was there, flow was there. They jumped on that record. I probably fell out, so I wasn't on that record because I was sleeping in the black on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, just records happen organically. We didn't plan like, yo, you go in this order. You know, that Fat Joe uh, Big L record happened because they, I think they recorded The Enemy out in Staten Island. And I might be wrong, but, you know, everybody wasn't there. Like, these, mm-hmm. this is how records got done. If you slowly blow, like, right. I almost missed out on day one. You know, they did day one in Diamonds um, Mansion when he had the mansion in, in Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, I came to the studio, I came to D&D the next day, the show played it for me, and it was, he was like, yo, you know, you gotta get on this shit, like, you bug it. And I was mm. like, okay, cool, you know what I mean? But records were just done, Okay. you know, with people being around, he was either there, he wasn't there, or, you know, showing that shit, getting mad, you like, yo, man, you ain't show up, make sure you show up tonight, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that. <laughs> It wasn't no formulas, man. Like, we just, we did what we did. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would say that... Is there anything you would say that really helped the chemistry to work? Like, I mean, you guys... Oh, you you, actually, you obviously from Brooklyn. Most of them cast is from the Bronx. Al is from Harlem. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what made, like, this mesh? Like, what, what made y'all work, you know what I'm saying, in terms of just being able to bond and, and make this shit a successful, you know, process for, for the DITC? Well, I had the two, I had best of both worlds. I lived in Brooklyn and in Queens, so okay. um, that's how I met Fowl, you know what I'm saying, and Prince. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, I don't know, man, everybody just brought that element from their borough, I guess, if you look back and think about it and listen to to, to what, the, like, to me, I always say, like, y'all, them, them Bronx niggas stuck together when they did it. Like, I, I think it was more of a magic when you heard show and A-Rhyme on the record when show was rhyming. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, show and Diamond, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think it was a, it was a, it was a, a magic at that when you listen to those records, you know what I'm saying? Because you had to produce MCs in full force, you know what I mean? And and you could hear they was having fun doing it. And it was all it just happened to be from the Bronx. You know what right. I mean? I think L brought the, the Harlem element, you know, that fly guy shit, kind of braggadocio, flamboyant. Mm-hmm. And you know, my style was probably which I never categorized me having a style, but if you want to, my style was like a no-nonsense, rock himish right, type right. of <laughs> speak, you know what I'm saying? But right. it wasn't meant that way. It was just I was influenced by these dudes. Mm. So it seemed like it was a good balance. Everybody bought something a little bit different, yeah. But it worked. Yep. Everybody sounded different. Nobody rhymed it like, you know what I'm saying? If you listen, mm-hmm. like, Shows on um, um, A and, and Finesse didn't sound like L right. didn't 
at first people would say from uh Big Al sound like a, a, a baby little finesse, but to me he never sound like finesse. Mm. Mm. And I didn't sound like them, but nor did they sound like me. You know what right. I'm saying? Fat Joey sound like nobody. You know what I mean? Diamond. Right. We all had our own voice. Right. We nice. could distinguish each member's voice, period. Mm-hmm. So I mean this question could go to Ray Ray West as well. If um if you could impart some wisdom to some of the new crews that's out, I know you got cats like Pro Era, Odd mm-hmm. Future, ASAP mm-hmm. Mob, you know, all these new Joey Badass. Yeah, Joey Badass, Pro Era. What advice would you offer to them based on what you've experienced that would help them to be successful as a crew or as a group moving forward? Me, I, I would say put the music first, you know? Mm-hmm. And everything else will fall into place, you know? Well said. That's really, you know, if you put, always put the music first, things just happen the way at, at God's speed, you know? Right, right, definitely. And what about you, O, based on your experience being in Digging in the crates. What would you offer as advice? Um, I mean, basically do what y'all do, man, and, and find your own voice, you know, before you you attempt to do this, man. Like, as far as from an MC's perspective, don't right. try not to sound like the next man, you know what I'm saying? Do what you do, find your own voice, and get it across, man, and people will gravitate towards you. No doubt. Appreciate that. Now, um, we're going to go into another music break. Um, We're going to go into another track off the Ray's Cafe project. This is actually one of my favorite cuts on the project. Uh, it's uh, actually track seven. It's called Breaking Rules. So uh, let's go into it. Got OC and Ray West on the line. Live on Out the Box Radio. I'm your host, Krill. Just loving the convo with these brothers, man. You guys are enlightening not just me, but the audience that um support this type of music. So we're going to go into this track. It's called Breaking Rules off the Ray's Cafe Project. Check it out. Sometimes... Take advantage of the things that love us the most. It's like the voices in back Yo, 
At times I bend the rules, indulging too much booze, non-precaution Takes away my stressed out mood, lingering losses My man's gone and that ain't cool, Paul I see you when I get there, hopefully not soon Join a susu, my payday is next on the chart Call it a round robin, this is how this works I'm much obliged to an invite, extended by Ray Up inside his cafe, so I don't have to pay Only gentlemen do things like this, youngin' So learn something, I light cigars for my dudes who wanna burn something Beneath my wings, the air's warm. I vision 80 looking down from the kingdom of God. It's how I see things, read things. I'm not allergic to a beast thing. On flesh no more, I'm not feasting. Least things aside, focus on what's here now. Walls, my wrecking ball demolishes and tears down. It's no topic, and I'm on top of it. Rules are out of here, we got this, I'm figuring. Sometimes it bees that way. But what am I supposed to? All I can say is you gotta love it. For us it's all about breaking rules We doing what we wants to do For us it's all about breaking rules We doing what we wants to do uh. So what? My bars are unequal My legend permits me to pass and blitz When I'm writing lyrics Ears open up and pay attention Fees are giving advices Be quiet when Phenom is spitting I know these other guys lullaby your attention span As the sand runs out inside the hourglass Which means time's passing I'm timeless Never could be a has-been weight gain I resort to fasting Slips to get back on track Clean up my mess Enough of the play It's time to put in that work Though it's a job It's all fun to me This is my life In a nutshell To my last breath When I'm old and frail Compared to logic Life is about numbers Ashamed of my age Nah, I live for 38 summers Laugh, cry Some of my people Still living While others die That's just the cycle of job But why From Rubai What the blood clot And not about the nonsense Light a spliff And relax your conscience I'm God and the devil Playing chess On the Marvel Album cover one of two sides in the mirror Sometimes it bees that way But what am I supposed to? All I can say is you gotta love it For us it's all about breaking rules We doing what we wants to do For us it's all about breaking rules Welcome back to Out The Box Radio, your host Krill, right here, got the homies OC and producer Ray West, hailing from the great city of New York, which I'm also a resident and a native of, very happy to have these brothers on the line. The last track that you heard is called Breaking Rules, off the Ray's Cafe project. Now... I chose that song um, to really go into this question. Um, breaking rules. Um, I love the theme. I love the topic. If you had to look back at all you've experienced and learned in your career, if you had to do it all over again, 
what are some rules you would break and what are some rules you would keep? And both O and Ray can answer this question. I mean, for me, um, my my career is still like in motion as far as my first record was 2010. So, I mean, it's still in its infancy compared to what maybe O has learned, you know? Mm -hmm. But I would just, you know, you got to do what you do, you know, and, and that's what we we were, we were trying to accomplish with, with our record. It's like the song Break the Rules, like, oh, says it in there. Like, it don't matter how long my bars are. It don't, we're just going to do what, whatever we want, you know? Right. So, to me, you just got to do you, you know? You got to do what you believe in. And then whatever happens is going to happen, you know? Mm. So a more independent approach in terms of how you you um, you approach your records and, and, and the business. Correct. For me, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's our own label. It's our own thing. And we're going to do what we, what we want to share with the world. We're going to share regardless of the, the chance outcome, you know? Mm. Not looking to, to to not looking to sell a million records, but we looking to for whoever gets it to really love what they got, you know. Mm. And they're gonna put that record in their collection and be happy they got it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, oh, what what would you do differently as far as rules? What would you break and what would you keep? Um, I was I would never rule my rule. Let me see. Let me let me let me take this out real quick before I answer. Go ahead. Take your time, brother. Um, I would never change how I came in the game because it would alter. You know, it would have altered what what how people, uh, you know, perception of me or how people would have seen me or, or you know heard me. But um, I would have definitely not signed a record deal. Mm. from day one like I would have been just doing independent music like I'd have been silky fucking rich just putting records out on my own mm -hmm. you know what I mean at my own at my own space at my own place at my own pace at at, at my own speed <laughs> You did, oh? Frequent. You know what I'm saying? Probably. Because when you got the freedom to do what you do on your own, you know what I'm saying? You make better you make better decisions. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, to, to date, I probably have 13 albums, you know, including digging and, and, and you know, in, in, into my catalog, but right. I should have had more. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I definitely should have had more, but I, I would have definitely not have signed a record deal. Mm. Looking back, that's crazy. You know wow, I'd have been filthy rich by now, like just putting mm. out my own stuff, not even thinking about it. But over time, you know, over a, a, a span of thirty, uh, almost twenty years. If I wouldn't have been rich by now, 
that would have meant the problem. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So let me ask you something. Oh, if you had to sacrifice by going this route, if you had to sacrifice being more famous or being more known, would it still matter to you to to go the independent route? Oh, not really, because being famous and being rich are two different things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure, we, especially, you know, you, you said you're a native New Yorker, right? Right. I'm sure we walk past gazillionaires every day and some <laughs> dress the part. Right. Suits, <laughs> ties, and some don't. Some dress like Russell Simmons and wear Cadetas and some so a fast jeans in a, in a a jacket that they had for, for 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you'll never know they, they, they swim in the paper. You know what I mean? But that's not their basis. Mm. Their basis is not money. It, they they base their, their, their riches or their wealth on, on how much work, hard work they put into what they, they love. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I mean by... You know, we walk past people that are filthy rich every day, but you'll never know it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're rich because, you know, financially, because they're doing exactly what they want to do. Right. And that and on their own terms, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, you got to respect that. Mm. you got to respect that, you know what I'm saying? And it would definitely be different. I don't regret it, but I damn sure would have did it different. Mm. In a sense of independence, I would have definitely been like on my independent game, even even had I known, you know what I'm saying, this is how the music business was. Right. Well said, brother, man. Thank you for giving us that input, man. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, before I get out of here, um, I, I would remiss I would be remiss if I didn't speak about this brother and you guys spoke about him earlier but um I feel like just in the nature of the collaboration that you guys have together I gotta speak about AG um this is a fellow DITC veteran slash crew member and a camaraderie that you guys both share tell us a little bit about the relationship that you both have with AG and his impact in making the whole Red Apple 45 label situation successful? I mean, A, that's it's one of the best dudes. Like, like I always thank, thank God that, like, yo, A's been my mentor in this business because of how many snakes you'll meet in the business. Mm-hmm. Like, this dude has been just a great, a great friend forget about the music you know so with the music he just like gave me a shot and was confident in me you know and made me even indulge my own style more because of his confidence in me so he is just a special guy man you know he's he's one of a kind you know Definitely. Now, oh, I know you did an album with AG Oasis. Talk to me a little bit about your connection with AG. AG, why is why is that camaraderie with you and him so strong? Well, I mean, we have a we have a a, a, a camaraderie because first of all, 
were probably like the last two MCs out of digging that's still MCing or still making music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, secondly, we're, we're, we're exactly alike, but we're total opposites. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sort of. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, dude is a genius, though. Like, people, a lot of people don't, who know A, who know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's literally a genius. Like, dude is in a, A's intelligence level. His IQ is, is, is crazy. Like, right. for music, for life, in general, you know what I'm saying? And he's just a funny dude, man. Like, he's a good <laughs> dude, man. Good dude, His energy definitely. is crazy. A lot of people don't give him credit, even within our crew. Like, he brought Party Arty, D-Flow, A-Bless, you know what I'm saying, through. Um, he adds on, you know what I'm saying? I call him the Malcolm X of the crew, you know what I'm saying? He's a nice. rebel, he's a militant. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's just, like I say, he's a genius, man. What more can I say? And, you know, he brought me and Ray together, you know what I'm saying? And... and you know, this is something with him that I'm not surprised happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, dude is just, he's musically inclined. You know, um, you know, I, I've, I've seen A write music or, or write a rhyme before we go on stage, literally, in his brain, or, or he's jotting down lines on paper and he'll do you know, a freestyle, and I'm like, yo, I ain't never heard that shit. Like, yeah, I just wrote it. Like, this is over time, over the years. He's done this shit a lot. And I, mm-hmm. I paid attention, but I didn't. And I'm like, yo, you just wrote that shit in the van over here? Like, on the way over here? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, dude is a genius, man. I, I, I'm I'm understating his, his genius. Like, dude is really a genius. Dude, yeah. I love him, and... You know, we call each other twin because we're alike, but we're different. Right. Yo, big shout out That's to AG, man. No yeah. doubt. Big shout out to AG, man. I had to ask about him, man, because I know you guys have a, a good connection with him. So big shout out to A, yeah. man. Really, really good dude, man. I've met him before a few times. Very humble very cool dude, man. Yeah. Like you said, very funny too, man. <laughs> good dude, oh, man. Yeah. Like, him and Big L was the funniest, like, right. you know, A is just, A is socially, A gets along with everybody, you know what I'm saying? We could be on the other side of the planet, and A would make a friend in, in, in yeah, yeah, yeah. Rebel, Rebel <laughs> with, with AK-47s, A is, they'll be coming back to the hotel, and we like, yo, A, they got AKs, and he's like, nah, they good, they good, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> literally, he does shit like this, like, right. you know what I mean? But, he gets along with everybody. Nice. That's true. His energy gravitates everybody towards him. That's just, you know, something about him that can't be explained, man. Like, he, he dude, like Ray said, he's special, B. Right. He's special, yeah. Definitely. So, um, that's what's up, man. I want to thank y'all again for taking the time with us today without the box radio. Before we get out of here, um, just tell the people out there what else is 
next in store for each of your individual careers? Any upcoming projects or things we should know about? Um, for for Red Apples, we got a little um, couple things happening. I got an album with um, AG and John Robinson mm -hmm. um, that we finishing up. Nice. Um, I I got another Love New York type EP coming out on a, on like a limited edition cassette with um, Cool Keith, Curious, A, L Fudge, Lord Tariq. My man Dave Dar, and um, I'm doing a lot of songs with Blue. So oh, nice. I'm trying to, yeah, we put out a record with Blue about um, six months ago. It was called Berry Lipstick. O was on there. It was O C A G Blue, and um, Dave Dar was like on a vinyl EP. And um, since then, me and Blue been still collabing. So I got a couple of, I got about four joints right now on the side, mm. you know? Is Blue the and first, is Blue the first okay. MC out of New York to kind of get in y'all circle? <laughs> yeah, for me, definitely, right. you know? Because y'all definitely um, got a lot of New York heads um, with the whole Love New York, obviously that's the title. But, um, yeah. but just in terms of your work, you've worked with primarily a lot of New York, you know, artists and stuff. Yeah. Because I've always worked, like O said, in the physical form, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've never really tried to collaborate with anybody. All the collaborations just took place on their own, you know? Mm -hmm. um, John Robinson is from Jersey, but he's still from New York because he yeah, grew up in New York. Yeah, pretty much. You know? Pretty much, yeah. So, but, um, yeah, Blue is in L.A., so I always just really dug Blue style, and I felt like, his shit would work with, with my, like, I like his relationship rap, you know, right, over these right. jazz tracks. Like, right. I think they're a good match, you know. I got to send you the Berry Lipstick, you know, so you no can have, listen to it. No doubt, man. I would love to hear it, man. I'm a big fan of Blue yep. as well. Um, Oh, tell us about um, what's yeah. next for you. I mean, um, just working on new music, man, like, me, I'm a sneak thief, man. Like, you ain't even hear me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I've been putting out, you know, I've been doing my little collaborations, kind of calculated, you know, the uh, Marco Polo joint. Right. On the Prince Polo joint. Uh, a few other things. But um, I do it according to how I feel. So, you know, I'm liable to just pop up on you. Right. At any time. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's where my head is at. And from this point out, basically just have fun with it, man. You know what I'm saying? That's how I came in the game. Nice. You know, I want to I wanna just have fun and make your music. And I want it to come across for people to hear it like that. Right. So um, where can people keep updated with y'all, keep connected with y'all? Uh, is there a Twitter or website or Facebook or something that people could keep updated with y'all? Yeah, I got the Twitter and all of that, but I ain't even promoting that shit. <laughs> that shit is a headache, man. <laughs> I feel I'm gonna you. I'm going to be honest, man. You know, I, I got Twitter. If you know my Twitter joint, just, just follow me on Twitter. I'm not giving out the, the, the address to it and all that. You know okay. my Facebook, Jack. All right. 
Yeah, Red Apple's 45 on Twitter. That's a, you know. Well, thank y'all for um giving us that info, man. I'm definitely looking forward to the new project, especially the stuff that you spoke about, um, Ray. And uh, oh, we'll we'll just see you when we see you, right? <laughs> we'll uh yeah. we'll hold tight. But we know we yeah. know when you drop, it's gonna be official. So uh, we definitely um gonna hold tight till then. All right. <laughs> definitely appreciate that, man. No doubt, Yo, thanks man. Thanks for everything, man. Definitely best of success with all the new endeavors, man. Um, we're gonna be bumping this uh Ray's Cafe for for some time, and we actually gonna go out with another track. Um, but this track I want to actually go out with is off of the Love New York um project. This is uh the track featuring OC, of course. There's two tracks on there featuring OC, so we're gonna go with the first one. It's called Legacy, which is pretty dope. Mm. Um pretty dope track by OC man really going in on this one so this is off the Love New York uh, project produced by Ray West features a number of New York MCs like Cool Keith OC of course Rock Marciano um, who else is on there there's like a bunch of other AG AG of AG. course yeah <laughs> no doubt Curious Curious right right so I mean and Dave that, Dar, yep. Dave Dar, that's right so I mean y'all could go Cop that it's it's out online. That's on iTunes right now too. Yeah, yeah, that's on iTunes, and it's I think there's still some CDs lurking around. Nice, nice. So um, you know, you can find that you know from ugh.com or your local mm-hmm. underground retailer. Um, and of course the Ray's Cafe project, which is out now, that's fresh. Um, go ahead and cop that featuring OC, of course, produced by Ray West. So we're going to go out with the last track. It's called Legacy. And then we're going to hit y'all with a bonus track um, off of this, the, the Ray, Ray's Cafe um, sessions called Learn Lessons. So let's go out with Legacy. And then we're going to hit y'all with the bonus track, Learn Lessons. So thank y'all again. I appreciate y'all Ray West and uh, OC for being on the line with us. Much success to y'all. Uh, let's go out with Same this last track. Thank you, yo. And no likewise, doubt. Likewise, fam. No doubt. Thank you, yo. fam. So here it is. Legacy featuring OC and Ray West. Check it out. Peace. Very ceremonial. Numb and felt deep inside my stomach Evoke ghosts of my ancestors on my family tree I was told many times I'm a splitting image of my grandpa Always flying the flag of a legacy in this era At this moment, the present time that we living in Heartbeats proving I'm live, my soul's the source Following the cause with rhythmatical pause Deep beneath the surface with some lyrical guards Very effective Superhuman powers, I possess these degrees I'm on a fresh day The surface of earth for people are birthed And at the same time, curse to go back in the dirt Now that's a double-edged sword to pierce your sternum Having your insides burned, John singing the higher learning <laughs> Toughest to stress denim versus as I pen them for both Men and women, unisex language As a kid, I was fenced, the adults were 
whisper that goes the bad sea, the devil's enigma. Proving them otherwise later down the line became this rap dude legit and fortified I'm Harvard material, my bars imperial before the bicentennial right for the millennium Coast to coast by airplane or train or boat Something that floats in my creme, creme Remove the phlegm out of part my providers humble at all times You'll never see me otherwise, no My grassroots, New York, New York State of mind, Robert E. Lee will call up north In the states I try Along to recite my songs in bars, bars, courtyards, you get the picture, come on. Keep it on the freeway, yo, it's after dark, you can't find no Outside the box, man, it's something I never tried before. Raise the band, it'll gain this life. Contributing the Conflow Studio 5-4 lights like my Hondo. Low, legit wit for nitwits, linguistics, studied by scholars at Princeton. The motor skills sped up to slow that will. The thought of going head up with, oh, that's real. But not real smart, what you say, real talk. Turn out to be far from the planet called Earth. You are, I think you are. Flight from JFK, land back in Newark. New kicks bring out the slick when you walk. Get it? Air Force One, so fresh, so clean, crisp, profile, feet stepping out my automobile. Shake a leg or break a leg I know you've been fiending to see us Hey, feelings mutual, ain't what they used to do Now everybody's a rapper, they ruin the move For rap dudes than fans The sands in the hourglass running out Rap game dumbing out Kid I knew before 10 years later Tell me that his album coming out Got me bugging out The look on my face up, sir Like I just been slapped by a herb Case of raw, he face a pound in the mouth Wipe my brow, don't bite my style and my clout Mood on my own beat Whatever tune sets the tone in my dome Then the song when I speak Tracks get lit up like rolling a bitter One of the last lyrical rhyme spitters Track record I reckon worth checking Put in work verses come from my essence Y'all need to learn lessons This is how I manifest this 